Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, welcome to a live Instant Reaction podcast here. Uh, it is day one of free agency. It's your boy, Pat Lane, as always, with my guy, Matt St. Jean. Matt, it was kind of an uneventful day for the Patriots. Uh, you know, a few things that we'll talk about, but not the splashes people were hoping for. And you know what? I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing either when you look at the players that are available. Um, I think... If you want an example of that, I think we can start with the first move of the day for the Patriots. And that's the example of what happens when you spend your money incorrectly. So mm-hmm. caution mm-hmm. is a good thing. Yeah, no, John, John o. Smith gets traded um, to Atlanta for nothing for pick 245, which gives the Patriots a seventh round pick, which they did not have going into this draft. So I guess that's a good thing. Um but just an absolute disaster. One of the worst free agent signings in Patriots history, uh, certainly by Belichick. Just, just guy just did absolutely nothing. And it's funny because Bill O'Brien was coming back in, and I'm thinking like, okay, Bill O'Brien's back in. Like maybe they'll give John. No, no, they're like, we want no part of this guy. He's not. He doesn't fit our plans. And I think a big part of that, and we'll get into this a little bit, but a big part of that is that his salary cap hit was so big next year. And by making this move now, you save all of that cap space for next year when Josh Uche has an expiring contract. Uh, Michael Onwenu has an expiring contract. Kyle Duggar has an expiring contract. Those three guys are finishing their rookie deals this year. You're going to need to sign those guys. And so I just, you know, it's that's the stuff for me where you free up the cap space to do others. And, and good point by, by Dirk Bagold. He did have one-third of Mac Jones' completions in that Buffalo game up in Buffalo. A win in Buffalo, one-third of Mac Jones' completions. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. I had in my TikTok feed about I don't know, an hour after that trade happened, I got yeah. a video that was just a comp. It was a John U. Smith highlight reel. <laughs> and all it was, it was the, the pick six against the Saints. Oh, God. The play against the Jets where he just dropped the ball and the play against the Dolphins where he, he got flipped in the air and dropped the ball. And fumbled, yeah. He's just yeah. And it was it was that set to like cartoon music. Right. Um and it's I mean it's I'm astonished the move worked out as poorly as it did. I kind of figured Johnny Smith was gonna be a high floor guy with his experience and he came in he was known for having a great work ethic and being a very smart player. So for whatever reason, didn't work out and you just move on from it. You pulled the cord, and it was obvious it wasn't going to work out. You free up the cap space. You eat the dead money that you have to eat, but you still save $4 million this year. Right. So you're you're getting out while you can. You get something back, which you'll take, and you just move on to whatever your next move is going to be. Yep, no, 100%. And honestly, you just cut your losses. You just cut your losses and say, you know what? We made a mistake. We screwed up, but we're moving on from it. We're not going to let mm-hmm. that define us. We're not going to hold on. They renegotiated his, on it. Yeah, they renegotiated. Well, that's point. the thing, right? They renegotiated his deal. But I think when they renegotiated his deal last year, it was to free up cap space for, for last year or this year. And it pushed stuff into the final year of his deal. So they still got rid of all that money, right? And so I'm okay with um with you know with doing that. I don't really have an issue. So John, who's gone, they get a seventh-round pick back for him. It's like it's honestly just like for the Patriots, like, fine, take his big, huge contract, get the hell out of here, you know? So, um, and like I say, you free up that space in 2024 for those guys that that are going to need to get paid. And Mike Onwenu, by the way, is a fantastic guard, and people are getting paid, man. Guards are out there getting paid. And so yeah. 
you know, that's going to happen. Jesse Bates got, got a big payday, which, you know, I don't know if Duggar's going to get quite that much, but he might get close. And so, you know, you're going to need that money for your homegrown talent as well. And let's not forget, I mean, you look at the title of this podcast, an uninspiring first day of free agency. A lot of that's because it's an uninspiring group of free agents. Right. We don't know what it's going to look like next year, but if the group of free agents next year is better, then the Pats will be prepared for that. I mean, you want to win games, but you also don't want to spend money just to spend money. Right. Like you want to get something back for it. And if the guys out there this year, they don't think are worth going for big money deals, then don't, don't chase it. Let it come to you and figure stuff out in the draft and go from there. Yep. hundred percent. And so they did have an, uh, an inspiring day of free agency. Uh, they were one of, Three teams in the top 10 with cap space to not sign anyone today outside of the organization. Now, they did and have over the past week or so, uh, you know, signed some big name players, um, which is good, right? Not big name players, but players for them that were, you know, again, Matthew Slater, fairly big name. Connor McDermott, I think we talked about here, you know, on here already was a good depth signing. James Ferentz, another good depth signing. Raquan McMillan, another guy that, okay, we didn't see quite enough from him, but like it's cheap money, whatever you bring him back. And then today you get John Jones and Carl Davis. Davis is nice. is a nice piece of one year deal. I'm not sure what the, what the, uh, we haven't gotten the terms of that just yet. I don't believe, but it's fairly short money. And I might be wrong about that. They may have posted it by now, but, um, but then you also get John Jones. Two years, $19 million. I mean, that's a steal and a half. Mike Giardi reported that there was more money out there for him, and he decided to come back to New England and play for less money. Now, the question is, does that mean the Patriots told him he was going to be an outside corner and the other places thought that he would might be a slot corner? Or was he just more comfortable in the system? I don't know the answer to that question, and that could obviously have an impact on what they decide to do at corner the rest of the way through. Um, but you know, you look at that and say, Hey, I was happy to bring, and I always said from the beginning, I don't mind having John Jones back as long as you're not overpaying for him. And this is perfect. Two for 19 is great because he's a good player. He's not an amazing player, but he's a good player. He helps you out significantly and you get him at a fairly discounted rate. And I think it's even less than that when you consider the guarantees and all that, like the way it's going to hit his cap. And I think it's also backloaded. I think the salary is something so, like yeah. a, a mil and change or even just a, a flat million this year and I think eight million the year after, which is perfect because it still allows you to do some stuff this offseason that doesn't eat up all your cap. You can push some stuff forward. And yep. How often how much have we heard stuff about like, oh, New England isn't the place people want to play anymore? I mean, yep. For anybody that knows the team, that clearly wasn't true, but this kind of illustrates that that hey. He liked playing there, and he liked his teammates, and they gave him enough money, and he'll stick around. It's comfortable. It's good for the Pats because you got McCourty retiring, and having veteran defensive backs that know the system is always a good thing. Yeah, um, and I, I think this you pair this with what Jalen Mills had said earlier. He tweets out talking about how he can be a safety, and I don't know where they're going to play him this year, but Jonathan Jones is a guy who can play safety at times, I think, if needed. Jalen Mills has been a safety in the NFL before. Um, and we don't know what the answer to McCourty is going to be, but they didn't sign Jesse Bates. And that tells me that, all right, they're not going after the highest priced safeties because they're at least somewhat comfortable with what they have in the room at the moment. Right. Agreed. And, and you know, I mean, whatever they decided to do with safety, I don't think it was going to be a one for one switch. You know, you're not replacing Devin McCourty with one guy, even if it's Jesse Bates. I mean, Bates goes out and signs a four year, $64 million deal, um, you know, with the Falcons and $36 million in the first two years, $23 million in year one. He's getting paid. And the Patriots didn't want any part of that. And I don't necessarily blame them for that. I like Jesse Bates a lot. I think Jesse Bates could have been that guy. But again, they might take the tact of, we're not going to fill this with one spot, right? Maybe they go out and sign Jordan Poyer. I don't know, right? Maybe Jordan Poyer wants a little bit less than, than what they expected. And so they're willing to sign him. But to me, it's about, accumulating enough guys in the second. Look what they did last year. Last year, they didn't have a number one corner, but they had a damn good defense last year. And you had a tough time throwing on them at times because of the players they had out there. You throw at Jack Jones and Jonathan Jones and Peppers, assuming he comes back, and Duggar, 
and Mills, you know, and, and, and you keep throwing guys out there and all of a sudden, you know, and that's really the thing is that, is that you have that depth. You have those players that can play everywhere. Do you have a sauce gardener? No. Do you have a Jalen Ramsey? No. Do you have, you know, a, a Tredavious white? No, you don't have any of those guys, right? Those guys are all in your division now, but like, fine. You don't have one of those guys, but you don't necessarily need one of those guys in every game. Now, some games it's going to be obviously pretty helpful to have those guys, but you know, sometimes more than one way to skin a cat. Exactly. hundred percent. And I think that, that they're okay with depth there. I think that the, the mills thing is a great point. You know, Jalen Mills comes out and says he's a hybrid. He's a safety. He can do a little bit of both. And so maybe they interchange them. Maybe they go out and sign Jaron Harmon and say, Hey, we know that you're not stupid. We know you're smart back there. Go play, you know, go play deep safety and, and be okay with it and, and kind of see how it goes. Julian Love is another name I throw yep. out there. And, you know, they got options. I think, I don't think they're done at the position. I think we're probably going to see more ads, both in veteran free agency and then when you go to the draft. And the guys they have right now are guys who I think you can play zone defense with pretty comfortably. Yeah. And you can win in the NFL with that if you have a good pass rush. Yep. And they have Uche, Judon, Barmore, and there's a stacked edge class in this draft. A lot of really good prospects. You probably pick up somebody to add to that rotation in the second round if you think the value is there. Right. And all of a sudden, it's okay. We don't need the elite corner because we can get home with a pass rush and we can really make thing, things hard for them and we can play a variety of zone defenses behind it. And you get enough production out of it. It may not be a necess- necessarily an elite unit and it may have its weaknesses, but. They're not, this team is not going to be transformed into a super team overnight. That's just not without development from guys who are already on this roster because they just don't have the assets um, or free agents available to overhaul it like that. Agreed. And, And you know what, what you have when you have John Jones and you have Marcus Jones and even, you know, Duggar and Jack Jones to an extent is you have speed. You have speed mm-hmm. on that back end. And so what you what you miss in that elite coverage skills, you have in speed. And so you look at the rest of the teams in your division, and sure, Stephon Diggs. I, I'm sorry. Like, I don't care who it is. Stephon Diggs is going to have an advantage over pretty much any cornerback in the NFL. If he goes one-on-one on Jalen Ramsey, yeah, Ramsey's going to win some of those matchups. But, Jay, uh, but Stephon Diggs is going to win a lot of those matchups too. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not – I don't feel comfortable sticking a guy on an island like that. Now, can Ramsey take out the number two man-to-man while while Diggs gets doubled? Yeah, probably he could do that. Uh, you know, I think that he can definitely do that pretty easily. But, again, it's a, it's a situation – it's all a chess match, right? It's all a chess match here. It's not like, oh, we brought this one guy in so our, our team is saved, right? So I think that – you know, and look, things could change. Maybe they draft Christian Gonzalez in the first round. Maybe they go off to Julius yeah. Brents in the second round. Who you know? Who knows what they happens? Just drafted I, two guys on day two last year that became instant impact. And was Jack good. Jones early day three? Jack Jones was yeah round no. Jack Jones was yes. Jack Jones was early round four. Marcus Jones was round three. Yep. Yeah, yeah you're right. So I mean, they got impact guys there, and this is I think another deep corner group. So very deep. And yep. you can and I don't know about the safeties, but I don't know. I think the Patriots view defensive backs somewhat interchangeably yeah. in, on the back end. And they still got, I mean, Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips and Peppers comes back. And you well, can I figure still, it out and piece something together. I still think safety-wise in the draft, um, my mock draft 2.0, I had Keely Ringo, who plays corner, convert him. convert him to safety. Because the thing about Ringo, the biggest problem with Ringo is his hips. That's the biggest issue with him is can he stay one-on-one with with those outside receivers? You put him in deep safety in the middle of the field, you don't really worry about that quite as much. And so he has that breakaway speed, but it's the quickness that you're worried about, that quick twitch stuff when he's covering guys man-to-man. You're not going to have to do that much if you're playing free safety. So, uh, you know, anyways, that's – I mean, that's who knows, but but that's one of those things. Let's flip over to the other side of the football, okay? Oh, before we do. Yeah, yeah, we mentioned the Josh Uche thing. Uche, I thought it was interesting. Tweeted that, tweeted that little emoji out. Nothing else, just a little yeah. emoji from Josh Uche. And Zach Cox did did point out, as we mentioned, he is he is heading into the last year of his deal. Are they working on some sort of contract that will come out? Um, and that could be where some of your cap space goes because you feel like this guy's an elite pass rusher. And you know, I think he's you saw when he was healthy last year, how good he can truly be. That back stretch of the season, the Cardinals yep. game and I think he still had his rough moments. 
I think in the Bills game, the last Bills game, he had a couple moments he probably wants back. But yeah. all in all, I mean, from the, just a production standpoint, what he did this year compared to his first two years is incredible. 100%. I'm not, it's shocking to a degree, but not super shocking when you consider his athletic profile and his inexperience with football that might take a little bit for this to click for him. So right. if you think he's still on that upward trend, you lock him up and you uh, he can be your whenever Judon goes, which is your next edge number one. Well, not just that. You know, you talk about depth and having guys you can throw. I mean, you talk about Judon, and you mentioned it before. Judon, Uche, Barmore, three guys on your defensive line that can get after the quarterback, and Uquale, who they brought back as well this year too. So, right, they brought back Uquale, did they not? I think they signed him to a uh, – or maybe they didn't. Maybe they haven't yet. Uh, maybe he's a, he's a free uh, let agent. Me, let me double check this. I was thinking they, they signed him right at the end of the year, but that might be wrong. I might be thinking about last year. But either way, um, you know – to have those guys in the mix, I think you have enough guys you can throw at it. And look what Philadelphia did last year, right? Philly threw a million guys into the mix. You just got depth pieces there. I wouldn't be surprised to see them go out and get another guy that can, you know, get after the passer as well, perhaps from the inside. So, uh, and like you mentioned, it's a great edge class as well. Um, so, you know, I really, I think that they have, there's a lot of potential there for this, uh, for the, for the defensive line. So, yeah, they haven't. Um, they have not signed Equality yet. That's what I thought. Yeah, I was thinking he's last not. Year. He's not expensive, so I mean, right? There's a, a number of, and I think we're going to talk about the offense here in a sec. I think this is a general rule for all of it. Like, Patriots were mostly a an average team last year with bad coaching, and yeah. not a whole lot you can do in free agency to have instant upgrades. So getting rid of some of the trash and getting a couple kind of tactical upgrades at some spots, using your money sparingly and trying to bring back as many guys as you can, plus additions through the draft. That's not a terrible strategy here if you think coaching can be the difference maker. 100%. Offense is where you probably see that the most. Very well put. Very well put. Uh, So, all right, let's flip over to the offensive side of the football. This is where people get pissed, right? This is where people are upset because this is the sexy part. Right. This is bring me a wide receiver. Sign there's no one out there, first of all, but bring me bring me an awesome wide receiver. Bring me a running back. Bring me this. Okay. I mean, fine, but here's where the question marks come in. Jacoby Myers, pending free agent. Could he get twelve to fifteen million dollars? Could he get more than that? You know, if there's a bidding war on him, could he end up getting more than that? It's possible. It's possible. And in that case, I think the Patriots let him walk because I think he's more valuable to the Patriots than he is to pretty much anyone else. But I also think that they know who he is. And he's not an $18 million a year wide receiver. He's just not. I like Jacoby Myers quite a bit. But yeah. to pay him that much money is ludicrous. It's insane. insane. Yeah. You know? And so if you're telling me he, he's back for 10 to 12, I'm okay with that. Anything more than 12, and I'm – uh, hesitant again, not, I'm not gonna be upset if they just pay him $14 million a year and they feel like he's worth that. I'm not upset about it, but I'm not as happy as I am if they sign him for four and 44 or something like that. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the wide receiver market has been very, very quiet so far, Yeah, which makes sense because Jacoby Myers is probably the best receiver available right now. And OBJ would would tell you it's OBJ, but it isn't. That was was the other (laughs) name I was going to bring up here, and I want to mention that in a second. But there's nobody's Christian Kirking this yet. They're just throwing money at somebody to upgrade, which is great news for the Patriots because it means they can probably keep Myers to a reasonable deal. Um, And you look and see what the other options are and see if you can fill out some depth. Apparently they were talking to Philip Dorsett, which I actually – I kind of like that a guy who has experience, a guy who has speed, a guy who can basically give you what Aguilar did last year for um, a lot less money. And also to the point where you're not paying him, like you can cut him in camp and that's totally fine. He's not going to kick anybody off the roster, but he makes sure that your wide receiver five is an NFL body that knows the offense. Right. And the Odell thing, I think it's really interesting that they're there for the workout. I think what this offense needs is a slot receiver who can create after the catch. And Odell is a guy who can do that in theory. We'll see what the value looks like, but what the Patriots desperately need is some kind of contract in here where you're going to get a lot more out of it than you put into it. 
Yeah. If you get a Nodell Beckham fully healthy for a season at full strength and he's buying into what you do, he's absolutely going to be worth whatever he's be more than what he's being paid this year. So if they think that's a good value and, and he gets along with Bill, we already know that there's a lot of respect there. I think that could be a really smart signing. Right. I agree. I listen, I don't hate it. You know, he said he wants 20 million a year, which I think is insane, but he's not getting that, you know, unless it's a one year prove it deal, maybe, but even then, it's... but even then you're not getting it right. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see what they're going to do. I think there's an interesting trade market available. So we'll talk about that raw 94 is saying on here that, that everyone's getting better and they're sitting on their asses. Right. And I listen, it hasn't been 12 hours. Well, yet. <laughs> so listen, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. They haven't done anything and, and it's frustrating. The Dolphins added Jalen Ramsey, which is huge. Don't get me wrong. What else have they done? The Bills lost Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds, sorry. Probably going to lose Jordan Poyer. They signed a guard. The Jets lost Mike White, the best quarterback they had in their roster. That's a great have point. Not have not convinced Aaron Rodgers to come yet. Trey Wingo said it was done. Trey Wingo said it was a done deal. It doesn't look done yeah. to me. Right. It doesn't look done to me. So, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers retires. I don't know. Maybe Aaron thought, you know what? I'm going to play. I'm going to play the Packers because I know they're going to give me. And the Packers said, screw you, buddy. See you later. You're out of here. And he's like, oh, I, I, I uh, no, I'm the quarterback. No, you're not. See you later. Go ahead. Go play for the Jets. And he's like, the Jets? You said he did the Jets? No, no. I'll retire instead. Like, I, yeah, I, who knows? And he might still go to the Jets. Um, But, you know, I don't know. Yes, teams are getting better. The Bears are getting significantly better. Sure, they're in the NFC. I don't care about the Bears. Who in the That's AFC it. got significantly better today? The Chiefs. And Chiefs he, signed Jawan Taylor, who can't he can't run block. He can pass block well, very well. He can't run block. And how many how many years have we sat here and talked about how it's awesome that the Patriots are confident in free agency and they never rush out to sign guys and it works right. for them? And right. one time recently they. They bucked that trend pretty much across the board, bit him in the ass. It's just the one-year Kendrick Bourne and the Judon signings and Jalen Mills. Those are the three that kind of worked out. I think Hunter that. I think Hunter Henry worked out for the most part, and you know? Yeah, he's fine, but none of these – they improved the team, but none of them are massive upgrades right. or anything. They, they are fine. And yeah. look at, like, the free agents available this year. The wide receiver room for the Patriots needs an upgrade. The best guy available is the guy who was already on the team last year. The, right. what, what do you want them to do with that? Trade market, I think, is absolutely an area where they could upgrade, and I think there were some rumors they could be exploring. That, I think yeah. Mike Giardi was saying something like that. Yep. Um, so we'll see. The fact that it, it's been 10 hours and they haven't added a receiver yet. we still got free agency, trade market, and the draft to and, go. And, I'm not – And listen, I – I totally get it. I completely, I completely get it. I totally get it. Right. And so it's not, it's not necessarily like, you know, I'm not upset at people saying it. you can totally, you can completely be upset about it. Like I got no problem with that. Right. Because I expected the Patriots to come out flying too and they didn't. Right. And so I understand people's frustrations about it. I think in 2021, they were a bad team in 2020. I think they recognized they were a bad team. They were devoid of talent pretty much across the board. They had a crap ton of uh, of cap space. So they went out and they said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make ourselves competent again. We may not be great, but we're going to be competent again. They went on and signed two, for, two, two tight ends. They went on and signed a bunch of wide receivers. They went on and signed you know, an edge rusher. They went on and signed a cornerback. They went out and signed a ton of guys. And they said, okay, if we can have a good draft in 2020, which I think they did, if we can have a good draft in 2021, if we can have a good draft in 2022 and a good draft in 2023, plus these free agents that we're bringing in, in 2021, now all of a sudden this is where we can build. This is where we can build that team to be good. And by the way, they had a good draft in 2020. They had a good draft in 2021. They had a good draft in 2022. So now you get three straight drafts that are pretty good. And they may not be earth-shattering earth shattering, uh, uh, drafts, I'm sorry. They're pretty damn good. They got some really good players out of those out of those three drafts. And so now if you have another good year of drafting and you add a few pieces here and there, all of a sudden you're looking at it saying, 
man, like this team, this team has a chance to be very good, but they're not going out spending a ton of money on guys that are aging or guys that they're going to have to overpay that they're worried about may not, may not be those guys. Yeah. And that's, if you just spend money to spend money, you lose flexibility in the future. What happens if they say, Hey, we need to upgrade the receiver room. We're going to throw this money at Myers and at Odell Beckham and at insert another player here. And then you get to next offseason and Justin Jefferson wants out or whatever it is. And now you don't even have the financial flexibility to go try to make a move for him because you just spent $40 million on a group of receivers where none of them are making the pro ball. Like it's, I, you want to get better, but you don't want to sacrifice, you want to sacrifice great to be good exactly. in the process. hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that it's well said by you. Uh, so two questions about trades. And uh, lucky, uh, lucky Irish asked about about are we are we making any Patriots moves via trades? And I think that's definitely a possibility. And Sander Rubens here throws out one about a trade for Mike Evans. I mean, look, I always feel I always felt like Mike Evans was a little overrated when he was in Tampa, uh, or or he's been in Tampa his whole career. I always thought Mike Evans was a little bit overrated. I feel like he gets injured quite a bit. But he's a very dynamic wide receiver. He's a really good wide receiver. He would instantly be far and away the best receiver on the Patriots. Um, I don't know if the problem with Tampa is I don't know if they'd be willing to trade him. And and the biggest thing for me and Dark Bugos point on the red zone threat, hundred percent, he's absolutely huge red zone threat. The issue that I have with him is that he's like the face of that franchise. He's been like the best player. Obviously Brady was there, but outside of Brady, he's been like the best player on Tampa since he got drafted there. And so I don't know if you trade a guy like that as your, you know, quote unquote fan favorite. I think it might be more likely they trade someone like Chris Godwin, which I'd be okay with that too. I think Chris Godwin, his contract is almost untradeable right now. That's the problem. And it's like Mike Evans. I really like Mike Evans as a player. I think I'd like his fit with Mac Jones, if not for the fact that Devontae Parker is already right. on the roster. And then you, I think there's a lot of overlap between those two. And I think Mac is a guy who likes to see that people are open and he likes to have – like, look at when he was at Alabama, there was, it was a lot of fast guys who could clear out space and get open. Yeah. I think putting him in a system where it's going to be Devontae Parker and Mike Evans on the outside, both contested catch guys, both like back shoulder fade and, and 50-50 ball type guys, I don't know if that plays to max strengths. Like it's, it's one of those moves that objectively kind of makes your team better, but I don't think it translates as well to the field as it does on paper. I agree. Um, now, that, this is an area, Jerry Judy is the type of guy where it's like, if he thing. becomes available, all right, he can create after the catch. He's a guy who can play in the middle of the field. I think he fits what they're looking for a little bit better than a Mike Evans would. Absolutely. And I feel the same way about Cortland Sutton. The same exact thing you said about Mike Evans, is it translates exactly to Sutton because he's the same exactly. type of player. Now, if you're looking at the roster and you're saying, I'm not sold on Devontae Parker. I don't think Devontae Parker is going to be that guy, right? Like, then you say, okay, Mike Evans. Who, By the way, I think Mike Evans would be would be an upgrade over Devontae Parker anyways. Oh, 100%. But, you know, but you look at it and say, okay, do we feel – now we're moving on from Devontae Parker. We're going to trade for Mike Evans instead, right? Do you send him a third round? And that's the other problem is that am I sending 46 – for Mike Evans, who's 29 and, you know, and isn't an expiring I'd deal. I'd consider it for like DeAndre Hopkins, but not for Mike Evans. And I'm not doing and that then, either. Then but either way. It's one of those two where you're, you're spending a draft pick to upgrade right. Devontae Parker into Mike Evans. And yeah. what do we think? Devontae Parker is probably what, like a B, B minus level guy. And Mike Evans is B plus A minus right now. And it's like, okay, is that, is right. that worth the extra money and the draft capital, maybe. I, I think there's an argument there, but I don't think it's a slam dunk. And that's the thing, right? Now, do you look at it and say, all right, I'm, I'm going to send 46 and, you know, pick a fourth rounder or a fifth rounder or even a fifth rounder next year. I'm going to send 40, 46 and a 2024 fifth rounder to Denver for Jerry Judy with the assumption that you're going to have to sign him to a big term, big time extension or – you could play the Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks card, which is exactly what they did with Brandon Cooks. They traded a first-round pick 
which was number 31 overall. Or no, no, 32 overall, right? Was 32 overall? They traded 32 overall for straight up for Brandon Cooks. He played, had over a thousand yards, gets hurt in the Super Bowl. They trade him again trade him. for another first round pick. And they let someone else pay him the big contract because they said, Yeah, we like him, but he's not amazing. Could they well, do the same thing? Could they do the same thing with Jerry Judy? Because he same exact situation. You pick up the fifth year option, he plays on that on that fifth year option next year. Okay, this year he's got the last year as rookie deal. Then he has that fifth year option deal. You have another year of control with him. So yeah, it's an inspiring contract, but someone might look at that and say, Man, Judy balled out for the Patriots last year. He's a really, really good wide receiver. And so I just so to me, I think that, that that's where that's where it makes sense. And Sander, you're right that that Evans would be cheaper than Judy for sure. But again, it's about what fits their offense better. And if you're going to keep Devontae Parker, Devontae Parker and Evans are, you know, the same type of player, right? And so yeah. if you can have an offense where you have Parker and Judy at the same time, right? And I think that and I think that plays a lot better. Um, and you have some of that flexibility with Judy. Now we haven't seen it. Judy gets hurt all the time, and we haven't seen it consistently from him enough in the league. Too. Right. And so and so it's like, do you want to pay him all that money? And they might look at it and say, I'm not sending you 46. I'll send you 76 and one of my fourth round picks. Oh. And and you know, Denver might say, I'm not doing that. Right. And the Patriots may not be, may not be com- uh, you know, comfortable doing any more than that. But again, it becomes a situation where it's that push and pull, but it's like, yes, though, you know, even though Evans is the better player, then I would even say Evans is better than Judy. But the puzzle piece, that's the issue, right? Is you're trying to fit everything together. It's like Judy just fits better than Evans does. Yeah. Uh, I also think it's funny you mentioned Brandon Cooks in there because he's a guy who could again be available via trade right now. Uh, he has kind of a, a large, he's a larger contract than you would expect. And he wants out of Houston. At least he did last year to the point where I think they had to strip him of being a team captain. Yeah. Uh, which is, that's a whole, that's a whole other thing, but he's a known quantity. He's fast. He can be a very productive player and he just, he upgrades your room. Like if, if you replaced Nelson Aguilar with Brandon Cooks and kept everything else the same in your receiver room, you have a better room than you did before. And, Gives you another speed option. There's a couple other things you can do, and I, I wouldn't hate that move either. And he'd be cheap. Yeah, you talk, you talk about a second for Judy too. If Judy has requested a trade, and if if people aren't sold on him with the market, it might not take a second. It might, it might be just a third, a straight up third for him. Right. Like it's you look at the the Jalen Ramsey trade. He went for way cheaper than people thought, and part of that is the age and the contract and all that. And Judy's kind of in his prime, but. He's not if he wants to hit free agency, if he doesn't want to sign an extension wherever he ends up going, I can't get a ton back for him. Yeah. No, and that's and that's really the thing, right? Is that that's the question you have to ask. And again, you don't want to mortgage the future on a guy that may not be part of your future. If you're not a hundred percent if you're looking at Jerry Judy thinking he's he'd be an upgrade to our offense right now for sure. Hundred percent. He'd absolutely make our offense better. But is he an elite wide receiver? I don't know. Right? I don't know. I, I don't know. And I the Patriots don't know. Right? Yeah. And and certainly and Denver doesn't know because they wouldn't be looking to trade him if he was, right? So so you look at it and say, all right, well, am I going to give up a ton for him? And then am I going to pay him 16, 17, 18 million dollars a year to be that guy that might not be a true number one? Like I that's that's the hard question. So you could pull the Cooks thing. And and just bet on the fact that he has a great year, or bet on the fact that he doesn't have a great year, but he has an okay year, and he's forced to sign for a little bit less with you. Yeah, and let's not forget a couple other things in here. Um, one, they used a second round pick on a receiver last year who's still in house and has yep. been working out, and you'd presume gets at least somewhat better this season. We don't know exactly how much better, but we'll see. I think they liked him, so we'll see how that looks. Get Kendrick Bourne still in house, who was just doing a live video working out. I think today or yesterday, and he's a guy who was better. And I think consistency in the offense and also him solidly being the fourth receiver probably helps him. And yeah. I think he is a guy who can get a lot of run in a Bill O'Brien offense. Mm-hmm. We talk about second round pick for Jerry Judy. 
what if you can get Zay Flowers for a second round pick? A guy with four at that point, a guy with four years of control at a cheap contract. You think Zay drops all the way to the four, uh, all the way to the second round? I don't know, man. I I don't know either, and I don't know what it's going to look like. But they looked at him a lot, and they, I think they like him. We'll see where he goes in the draft. But I go back to just two years ago when they drafted Mac Jones, and then Barmore was still there at the top of the second, and they traded up to go get him. Right, Zay Flowers falls into the second round you make a move and you give up your fourth or whatever to, to move up and go make sure you get him because you think you like him and he's a fit and yeah. that that might be I, I think i'd like that better than some of the other things we've thrown out here even though it's a risk because it's a rookie if you get that cost control and if you get that guy then when you hit go to free agency the next year all right well you're only looking for a backup receiver at that point and there's plenty of those right no, ah, hundred percent. Yep. No, it's a great point. And you mentioned Bourne, and Sanders mentioned Bourne as well. And I think, I think he he should be a big part of this offense. He was always open when he was on the field. If he's bought in, he has a great relationship with Mac Jones. Him and Mac have yeah. a great rapport, great relationship. He should be a big part of your offense. Again, unless you bring in someone that's significantly better than him, he should be the guy. And Taekwon, Taekwon will be over there too. That's what we want, right? But I think that, you know, he should be that guy. Um, I think he is, he's kind of an elite, like, wide receiver four, wide receiver five type guy. Like, to make a basketball analogy, he's like your sixth man. He's your, yeah. he's that, he's that point guard you can bring in off the bench who can give you a couple of really good minutes and give you a couple of baskets and, and make your offense run. And then you get him out and you go back to something different. I think that's what that, that's the role you want Kendrick Bourne to have in your offense. Uh, they also mentioned not trusting Parker, and I've seen other I've seen this brought up a lot. But Devontae Parker was pretty good this year. Yeah, Especially you go back and watch some like, like some of the catches he made, and it took a while for he and Mac to get on the same page. But once they were, I mean, do you remember that touchdown in the very last game of the season? It was yeah. after the Bills got the kick return. And it looked like the game was over, and they go down the field, and that might have been or might have been the one before the kick return. I don't remember, but. Mac throws it up for him and he makes a big catch and goes into the end zone. Like Devontae Parker can make big plays. I don't think you want him as your wide receiver one, but if he's your wide receiver two on the outside, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. Agreed. And Darpu Gold mentioned he was responsible for so many of Mac's early season interceptions. He, he didn't get the offense. Him and Mac run on the same page. It was a disaster. And then Mac but gets, hurt, you know, Mac gets many- hurt. Parker gets hurt, but then you're right. The end of the year, they look good. And how many, I mean, how much of that is Devontae Parker and or Mac Jones? And how much of that is the fact that the whole offense was out of sync because Matt Patricia was the guy coaching it right. and nobody knew what to do. Oh, 100%. Are we sure no, you, it's Devontae Parker? Well, and that's, and that's the thing, right? That's that's part of the problem is that, you know, did anyone know what they were doing out there, right? And so so that's kind of an issue. So we'll see. We'll see. And listen, there's a long way to go, right? And 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 Sanders saying, you know, the Parker and Taekwondo is your two and three. I, I Listen, I get it. I understand. You don't love that. What if Taekwon takes a step forward this year? Mm-hmm. What if Taekwon looks good this year, right? And uh, you know, Sir Bird over here says uh, Taekwon for eleven hundred and eight touchdowns. That'd solve some problems. <laughs> That'd solve some but real I, problems. I think one of the other things here too is they. Have, I think they have the ability to have a number of different receivers out there that do different things well and can play with each other well, which matters. Yeah. Um, and Bill O'Brien likes the up-tempo stuff and then no huddle stuff. And you can get away with not having the best receivers and something like that if they know what to do when they're on the same page. Correct. That's how we saw Tom Brady make his money for so long and Mac Jones isn't Tom Brady and they don't have Gronk out there. I know it's different, but we're not asking them to be a top five offense in the NFL. We're asking them to be a top 15 offense in the NFL to consistently know what's going on and to move the ball. And, And not just that, right? But let's also keep in mind for a second here that, you know, you start talking about guys that are important players, right, and what they've done. Tyquan Thornton, he just ran deep routes last year. He didn't run anything across the middle. He wasn't running across the middle. He wasn't running those drag routes across the middle where someone's got to chase well, that 4-2 speed across the middle. Well, he did He did that one time in the game in Cleveland and got a touchdown. Out. Oh, yeah, that seemed to work out okay. So that's the thing, right, is that is that let's get a little more creativity. Let's get a guy in there that knows what the hell they're doing, and, you know, and maybe we'll see better results. So, And it's and also, he, I thought Tyquan Thornton had some nice moments on a film that didn't turn into catches. And, and like, you know, the, the Nelson Aguilar touchdown of Minnesota to open that game. 
where the offense was firing. Why was yep. Aguilar open? In part because Thornton's on the same side and the safety's looking his way and it opens up the middle of the field. Well, right. replace Aguilar with somebody who you think can consistently catch the ball, whoever it is. Right. And I mean, Aguilar knew what was going on, but just a guy who, when the ball is in his hands, he knows what to do. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you can do stuff like that a lot more, especially if Mac and Taekwon can get a little bit more chemistry and Mac can kind of consistently hit some of those deep shots. I think if they want to be vertical, they have some of the guys that can do that. Yep. I agree. And so, and so we'll see. I think wide receiver is, is a position that's in flux right now. I think that, you know, you can, you can look at it and say, okay, if Taekwon takes a step forward, if Bourne plays better than he did last year, if Parkin can stay healthy and, and now it looks like he's on the same page as Mac Jones. So if they develop the chemistry together, I don't mind those three. I don't mind those three. Now you don't have any game breakers. So a trade for Judy solves that drafting Zay flowers, I think solves that to an extent, right? Mm -hmm. Bringing in someone like that. I think, I think that that's one of those things. And so, you know, and and listen, you know, and Ron 94, you're wrong. You're not wrong. They, they don't scare anyone. You're right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The, the the Patriots didn't scare anyone before with Julian Edelman and you know I mean Gronk obviously but like Edelman gives who gives a crap about Edelman and, and you know 2016 don't forget now Gronk was hurt so you get Edelman Danny Amendola Chris Hogan and Martellus Bennett that was your offense like that was those guys you know that's no there's a bunch of nobodies. A bunch of white yeah. wide receivers that are a bunch of no ones, and so like I, I get the I get it, and you also Tom Brady at quarterback, so it's very different, obviously. But you know, the the issue that I have is that you don't need to win with a number one wide receiver. And oh, by the way, we're going to trade for someone. Fine. Again, just a reminder, they're going up against Sauce. They're going up against Ramsey. They're going up against White. That's a loss. I don't care who you're getting. You're not beating yeah. those three guys consistently. There is no one available right now that is beating those three guys on a consistent basis. But so if you're going out there getting a number one wide receiver, is that really going to help you that much? And it's you know it does beat Sauce Gardner when you go no huddle and you switch up an alignment and you put somebody out at wide and you make the defense confused, and now Sauce Gardner has to cover Ramondre Stevenson because you went no huddle and things got weird, and uh, you you go spread it out or whatever you want to do when you get matchups. It isn't isn't just you line up your guys and they get to put the best players on them. It's felt like that for a while because the offense has been so incredibly static, and I don't think that's going to be the case next season. I would be shocked if it is. I think we're going to see a lot more motion. I think we're going to see a lot more no huddle and quick game and all that stuff. And I don't know. Yeah, the Patriots number one is not usually going to be better than the number one on the other side. But if they can win still some of the time, you can be better at two, three, four, and five with your skill players on the field. You're going to be able to move the ball. And if you do that and you can have some kind of some semblance of a red zone threat in there, which I think if the running game gets better, then that helps your red zone offense a ton right off the bat like that. And we didn't talk about the running game much this year, but it, it was not consistent at all. No. Like, think about how much everything had to go through Mac's arm all season long because nothing else could move it consistently. Yeah. So if you can find a way to make the running game a little bit better, you know, you get a little bit better at tackle, get better blocking schemes with Adrian Clem, get a tight end who can block better than Johnny Smith did. All of a sudden, you're picking up more yards and there's more stress on the defense and it's not about having the best player. It's about being able to stress a defense in multiple ways. And um, again, I don't. If the defense can play well, if you can find a way to replace McCordy and get some extra production there, I think you only have to be a, a top half of the league offense to be a, a good team and a competitive team. I agree. I agree, Serbert. Thanks for the shout out, man. Appreciate it. Keep fighting the good fight over there, uh, teaching. Appreciate that. And Sander, listen. I know you're you're hung up on Mike Evans. I'm not saying you're wrong. We're not saying you're wrong about Mike Evans. Mike Evans is would be the best player on the Patriots receiving core, no doubt, yeah. absolutely hundred percent. There's not uh, you're a hundred percent right about that. Other than other than Trey Nixon, yeah, that's, that's a great point. I'm sorry, I forgot about Trey. Uh, that's see, that's <laughs> the thing. We're all solved. It's all solved here. It's Trey Nixon. We're fine. Um, but but yes, he would be the best wide receiver for the Patriots. 
but I just don't know if the puzzle pieces fit quite as well. And again, I just feel like I feel like Parker is redundant with Evans. It's almost like if you bring in Evans, you should get rid of Parker. And and I'm not opposed to that, but it's going to take assets to get Evans right now. You're trading a yeah, you're trading a second to go get Evans, and you're trading Parker for a fifth. Right, right. So, um, and also, Raw, come on, man. Yes, we didn't resign J.C. Jackson. He got seventeen million dollars a year. John Jones got seven. Eight, you, you know what I mean? Like, like that contract uh, right now. <laughs> right, right. So it's, it's very, very different. Now, Sander asked about offensive tackle, and this is where I want to go next because offensive tackle is a spot, I think, where you look at offensive tackle and you say, this is where the Patriots can make some noise. Now, NFL Network or NFL tweeted something out about a story with Belichick, and I, I, someone mentioned it. I think it might have been Mark that mentioned it, or, or maybe it was you. I don't remember. But, uh, you know, Belichick telling a story about Orlando Brown's father and Belichick coached Orlando Brown's dad while he was in while he was in Cleveland. Drafted him actually while he was in Cleveland, and um, and he said, you know, he's he's telling the story, and he's like, yo, we got our first away game. It's a it's a away preseason game, and he said everyone needs to show up with a suit, or you're not getting on the plane. And he goes, you know, Orlando came up to me afterwards, and he says, uh, he says, coach, I don't have a suit. He's like, I don't have the money for a suit number one, and like none of the suits fit me. Right. So he's like, I called up the tailor in, in Cleveland and, you know, and uh, and told him, like, I got a guy coming down. I know you don't have a suit big enough for him, but you're great. So, like, let's go. Like, get this guy going. Right. So, um, so he does. And, uh, you know, and he comes in walking the next day. He's like, I would look coach, you know, with his new suit on or whatever. But it was just a great story. And I'm like, man, that'd be so cool to coach his dad and then coach him as well. So I think that that could be fun. It's big money. Remember, Remember the last time they signed an offensive lineman from Kansas City? Uh, I'm thinking back to Brian Waters, the guard that they signed. That worked out pretty well. Plugged in play, and that's. Yep. I don't want to. They were in on Andre Dillard today at offensive tackle, apparently, which I think is really interesting. Um, Andre Dillard. Not a name. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have linked the two of those. Yeah. So Andre but Dillard do, was a was a first. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just. I think offensive tackle is a spot where you want to be careful. It's a spot where you want to be diligent with your money because it's an important position, but mm-hmm. people overpay like crazy for mediocre players. Mm-hmm. Orlando Brown, I think, is kind of in that perfect spot where he's a good player, and you could probably sign him to maybe a two-year deal and the type of deal where he's, you know, right off the bat, like he's a stopgap. He's going to get his money. He's going to get paid. You're not locked into a contract. You don't throw crazy bonuses on it. You just give him the money, and that way he's cuttable and that you have some flexibility with it. So you're not trapped in a deal and you're not, not having to trade him for a seventh round pick in a couple of years if it doesn't work out. But I think right. he's a good player and you can make that work. Some of the other names out there, I'm not like McGlinchey, like I'm not I'm not trying to yeah. pay twenty, twenty five million dollars for an that's offensive the thing. tackle that's just Juan Taylor gets four win. for eighty. You know what I mean? It's like that's a that's a ton of money. So not here's the thing that. about you, you mentioned Dillard, right? And and it's a big yeah. name because he was a first round draft pick. Andre Dillard started nine games in his career. Nine. Nine games. Guess how many he started last year? Philadelphia. They were unbelievable. Best team in the league. Lost the Super Bowl. He must have been a – oh, no, he started zero games last year. Zero. Not one. Not one game last year did he start. So this is where it's one of those things that I, I just – I think it's, you know, look, man. Like, Andre Dillard, fine. Orlando Brown, though, I think could be an interesting piece. Now – let me just let me throw something out here. It's a little insane, but let me throw it out here anyways. Somebody tweeted something out, and I forget who it was, about how, oh, this could mean that Orlando Brown isn't going back to the Chiefs. And it was Laramie Tunsil getting traded to the Chiefs. I'm not saying it could happen, but I'm just saying he's going to be, he's 29, he's in the final year of his deal, could the Patriots send 46 to Houston? Would that be enough? Now he's got $35 million cap hit this year. So clearly they get to renegotiate his deal. But if yeah. you could redo his deal and you could give him, you know, you had to give him a good size deal, but you could give him a decent amount of money and stick him at left tackle. You got, you know, one of the best left tackles in the game and you got to give up pick 46 for it and pay for it. Right. Which is a little bit more than you'd have to do with the Leno Brown. Fine. But the guy's an absolute stud, right? If he's okay. available, I don't. I, I mean, you 
you ask here's the thing i think i'd rather just take orlando brown in that case if probably you're gonna go in for him i'll just take brown at whatever his price is and not give up the draft capital and use that second on Zay Flowers or an edge guy or right. an offensive tackle prospect who you can groom or something like that. I think yep. that's probably more valuable, but you know what they need? They can use a franchise tackle. If they think Tunsil is that, and they're willing to throw that draft capital around, you ask, you make the phone call at least, and you see, hey, what's the price? Yeah, and, and Brown out. and Brown is two years younger as well. So like, yeah. so he has that going for him as well, right? Yeah. And, so, and so we'll see. You yeah. know, we'll see, but I, I do think they make a, a move for, for tackle and, and someone had mentioned, and I forget who, uh, who was it up here? Sander had mentioned, uh, draft one and sign one. And I think that I'm makes totally sense. I think that makes sense. I think you draft one. I like, um, you know, as a later prospect, I like Blake, Blake Freeland has a ton of athleticism, you know, Cody Motch is a guy that, you know, I, he might get a little bit further. Uh, he might go a little bit higher than people are expecting because, of what he did at the combine and how he looks on tape. Um, but he's a guy, Dewan Jones obviously is another guy. So you might not get someone that, that is going to start day one, but if you get a guy in the third, fourth round that, you know, can be a guy like that, we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, another, um, another name I want to throw out there is Yash Nyman. Who's a, a tackle for the, the Packers. Who's a restricted free agent. Okay, and that's a spot the Pats have booked for stuff in the past. Yeah, true, might have might have to give up a draft pick as part of it, and that could be a second involved there. And I don't know if they're interested in that, but that's uh, that's a situation to monitor. And they played against him this year, so they would have done some scouting on him. I think he's sure. just, and that's I think you're you're looking for you're looking for value here, and that's one of those you might be able to get more bang for your buck than some of the other options. So right. we'll see what happens. They need they need two tackles. So you can't go into the year with Connor McDermott as a starting tackle. I think he's fine as a swing tackle. And Trent Brown's contract is up after this season. You would like to have somebody already on the roster to replace him instead Absolutely. of going back into this position next offseason. Right. And that's why I think, you know, like Sanders said, sign one, draft one, I think makes a ton of sense because, yeah, if you sign one to start, you're not drafting one in the first round anymore. But, you know, to me, if you don't sign one, now you have to draft one in the first round and you're probably drafting another one in the fourth or fifth round. So, you know, it's one of those things for me. So, um, but, you know, that's the way it goes. All right, listen, uh, listen. And by the way, you know, Raw94, you apologize for being upset. Don't apologize for being upset. You could be upset. You could be frustrated. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Because again, like I said, Patriots had a ton of cap space. We all expected big moves. We got nothing. Right. And so we're, we're, we're here to channel your emotions. And, right. Right. Yeah. And so, and so I understand the frustration. I understand the frustration. I get it. Um, but again, trust the process, trust that, that they're going to get it right. And again, they haven't gotten everything right. Right. They've, they've had, they've missed some, Never for sure. <laughs> right. They've missed some for sure. But what's going to happen is that the more swings you take, right. The more swings you take, the more times you're going to miss. But the more times you're going to hit as well. And they have a pretty good hit rate, right? Even from 2021, the John Smith, you know, deal was a disaster. The Nelson Aguilar deal was a disaster. But the Hunter Henry deal worked out pretty good. Matthew Judo deal worked out pretty damn good. The Kendrick Bourne deal, which isn't done yet, looked like it was value. pretty good. And, and it's been pretty good value, right? So, so you start looking around and you're like, okay, yeah, it wasn't all bad, right? And so that's some of the... That's some of the stuff for me um, where I look at it and say, trust the process, see what they're going to do. There's still a ton of guys out there, a ton of guys out there at position of need. Um, and so, you know, Thad is talking about his John Smith jersey, man. That's that's tough luck, man. That's really tough luck. You know what you got to do? You got to hope what you have to do. Hope that the Patriots put someone else at 81 this year. Okay. 81, right? James Smith. And then – and then, you know, you take that nameplate off, go to the hall. They'll take the nameplate off, and they'll put a different nameplate on for you. Problem you solved. Okay? Yeah. Uh, and listen, I know I know you're saying, you know, Ron 97 is saying trading Jonu for a seventh wasn't enough. I get that. The problem is they were taking on his contract. That was a full cut. Peter's going to cut him, but they said, we'll move him and we'll get, we'll get something back. And I believe the dead cap would have been gone. Even if they cut him, they would have had no dead cap in 2024 as well. Right. Or would they have had dead cap in 2024 if no, they I cut th him? I think, I think at this point it was the same if you cut or trade. So. Okay. 
All right. So, but either way, you get something back for him. No one's taking anything back with that with he's, that ridiculous contract. No one's taking anything back for him. So to get a pick, and here's the thing: pick, it's, you know? and he's probably going to be worth that seventh to Atlanta, and they don't care about the money right now. So that's right. one of those deals we might be looking at in week four of the season. And John U. Smith just had a hundred yard game out of nowhere, and we're like, oh my god, what did we do? Because he's in a system that probably fits him better, and there's less pressure right. on him, and he's going to go be tight end due behind one of the freakiest athletes in all of football, and Kyle Pitts, for a team that doesn't care about the money aspect of it. Like that's it's a totally different situation. You're getting yeah. seventh back for the the space. That's right so, for the player um, you were going to you were going to cut anyways. Like what that tells exactly. me is that he was getting cut if they couldn't deal him, and they said, "Fine, yeah, go ahead, take him, whatever." You yeah. Know? And can I – I want to mention a couple other names here real quick. I know I mentioned – I think it's – again, maybe Foster Moreau is the tight end from the yes. Raiders. Yep. Jordan Akins, the tight end from the Texans. The Texans, yep. Both of those are guys I could see them bringing in a tight end this year who uh, – Foster Moreau is going to be more expensive. He's a better blocking tight end, better after the catch. I think he does some stuff well, and they will be very familiar with him with their experience with the Raiders. So if they decide to go that way, I feel pretty good about the move. And Jordan Akins to the guy who he wasn't even like he bounced around rosters this year and then was on the Texans to make kind of an impact. And he's the kind of guy where, okay, you're not, you don't have to pay a lot of money, but he can be a high upside tight end too. And the type of guy where you can buy low and, oh, he might actually become a pretty useful guy. Like, a, yeah, you might get 200, 300 receiving yards and a couple of touchdowns out of him because he's going to be behind some other guys. So let's like, there's, there's options and, I think the nice thing about where the Patriots are right now, a lot of what they need, like they need a they need a blocking tight end or a fullback, something like that. They could use more quickness in the receiving rooms. They could use a slot receiver there. Those are two positions that aren't like top of the market value. So you can find some guys there, and you can scheme guys, and you can you can have coaching advantages there and stuff like that to make things work. So I'm not; those aren't positions where you got to go spend fifteen million dollars a year to make it work. Right. Agreed. Agreed. And Rod did ask about Jordan Poyer. We touched on that. Uh, Poyer has not signed anywhere yet. Um, I don't think and so we'll come see. To New I, probably I not. <laughs> That's the thing is that it would be like a Patriot going to the Bills. And again, if the money's right, I'm sure he would come here. But they kind of have it built into their assist to their DNA up in, up in Buffalo, lately at least. I know Chris Hogan yeah. came over here. But lately, they have it built into their DNA that they hate the Patriots and screw the Patriots and screw them and this and that. So, like, I, you know, I can see yeah. him not wanting to come here. Now, again, if they have the best offer and it's best by enough, maybe. Stephon Gilmore is a free agent. That's true. Dark blue gold. So, yeah. so it is interesting. And, and, they, and there's some guys out there. One guy that we didn't mention that I just wanted to touch on just very briefly. It's probably not going to happen, but um, uh, uh, Taylor Kyle's, uh mentioned him was Dalton Schultz. Um, yes. you know, tight so, end, another good name. he's a really good blocker. He's a good receiver. He's, you know, he's really good on those seam routes for Dallas. Is he going to be too expensive for the Patriots? Maybe, maybe, but maybe not. I don't know. You, you know, you never know. You yeah. don't know what his, what his market's going to be until he gets signed by someone. So, um, exactly. he's you intrigued. Know, we'll yeah. Oh, one other name that is off the board too. I'll mention just because I had mentioned him before was Jamel Dean. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Yep. How, how did the Bucks get the money for him? No Where did idea. that come from? They're going to cut Shaq Mason, I guess, which is wild. Um, Shaq Mason's getting cut yeah. again for the second year. Remember, we we were talking about the Shaq Mason thing and what they got back for him. Well, clearly they don't like him either. So, right. you know, you got what you could back which for is, him. Which clearly. is weird because he's he's a good player. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Clearly, clearly the league, or at least some in the league, view him as declining, not worth that contract he's on. This is two teams in a row now that have said you're not worth that contract. So Yeah, no, good point. Good point. So, um, but yeah, Jamel Dean is a guy who likes. He's going back to Tampa, so they signed yeah. Jonathan Jones though anyway. So we'll we'll see what they do at corner. But I think you can feel kind of decent about where it is right now. Right. Well, and you know, do you sit at fourteen and Christian Gonzalez drops to you and you say, "Shoot, all right, let's take him," you know, or yeah. or you know, who knows? So, so we'll yeah. see. Anyways, long way to go. Uh, we wanted to do a day one recap. We probably won't do one tomorrow night unless like you know, they go out and sign a bunch of free agents and make a trade or do whatever. So we will have a show. We will be live Thursday night. Uh, Thursday night, we'll have Mike Cadlick on, which is good from, uh, from CLNS. So I'm excited about that. Um, 
James Bradbury, Raw asked about, I think Bradbury makes sense, but see, the problem with Bradbury is that he's his one-year prove-it deal was last year. He's going to get paid this year, I think. Yeah, so you want to look for this year's James Bradbury. Exactly right. The guy who people are kind of like, ah, I don't know if I really want to sign that guy. Um, And you know, and you bring him in, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, this guy's pretty good. So, um, so that's a great point. That's great. By the way, uh, Darpool Gold mentioned good luck. It was not. It was not to mention that he's a free agent. It was to mention that he came over from Buffalo. So, uh, Uh, I apologize about that. Gilmore, I believe, is not a free agent. So, um. Yeah. Anyways. Hey, yeah. Hey, Pat. Uh, you know what else is Thursday night? What's that? March March Madness. March Madness. That's right. You got any, you, you make a bracket yet? You got any picks? I have not made a bracket yet. Um, I from what I've heard, Alabama is tough to pick against, but also Alabama is like probably the most hateable team in the league. Uh, yeah, in you all know of the college basketball. That's going on there, I do right? know the know the situation. Yeah, so not like, a great situation. It's not really my ideal pick. <laughs> But I also kind of feel like if they're the best team, I don't know. I, I've heard a lot of people talking about Memphis uh, as an eight seed. And so, you know, it's it's it interesting. the doors off Houston. Right, right. So so it's going to be – I mean, listen, man, it's always fun. I think somebody said – I was listening to, to PMT today, and Big Cat said that there's been one year since 2016, I think he said, that there hasn't been one seed – there hasn't been a seed under seven to make the final four. Um, yeah. And that year, like the, the lowest seed was five or something like that to get in. So um, I'm interested to see kind of what happens. I don't know. Who's your dark horse other than Providence? Obviously Providence is your dark I gotta horse. Go but Providence. Who's, uh, who's your other which, dark horse? I will, I will plug real quick for Providence. They uh, Providence's best player this year is a guy who transferred over from Kentucky because That's he didn't right. get minutes there. And they're playing and Kentucky, they're playing, right? Playing Kentucky in the first yes. round. So they announced the matchup. They say Kentucky, and you see the video. The head coach, he just turns and looks at Bryce Hopkins, gives him that big old smile, saying, "No, look at this." And then the, the Kentucky locker room got super quiet when they announced it. Oh, um, baby. Yeah, I don't. So I think there's some bad blood there, but I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't. I want to have a dark horse, but it's hard for me to talk myself into anyone. I don't know if it's a dark horse, but Gonzaga is like down to a three seed this year, and nobody's really talking about him. And it feels like the year they finally break out. I like the they're bad, they have. They're best when when people aren't talking. Because every time anyone's talking about them, I'm like, oh, they're going to lose in the Sweet 16. And they always do. And so you never yeah. know. And they're they're playing as well as they have all season right now. So I don't know. I haven't finished my bracket yet. I got to I gotta look at this tonight and figure out what I'm doing. Or you could just root for Duke. Although I heard Or Roberts is really good too. So Root for Duke? Well, I mean, now that Coach K is gone. What, what kind of show is this? <laughs> <laughs> now that Coach K is gone, you don't have to hate on Coach K. You can root for Duke. You know what I mean? Let, let me tell you, I was at the, the Big East tournament over the weekend, and they showed a guy in, in a Duke jersey on the Jumbotron, and he oh, mercilessly booed every booed. person oh, in the yeah. stadium. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> easy way to get booed. That's funny. So that's great. Love it. All right. Well, that's it. Enjoy um, – Enjoy the second day of free agency. And like I say, you know, if there's a big, if there's some big news that happens tomorrow, we'll be back tomorrow night. But if not, um, we will see you, or at least I will see you. I'm, I think Matt will be here too. But if not, um, I will definitely be here on Thursday. What, what times, uh, when does Providence play? Friday. All of the, I, I cover the Big uh, East on the side. All of the Big East games ended on fr- ended up on Friday, which is St. Patrick's Day. I already took that day off work too. Love it. So, not doing anything but sitting in front of the TV, gonna get some popcorn, maybe order some wings. We'll see. What a day! What yeah, a St. Day. Patty's Day. I gotta get some Guinness. Yeah. Yep. Old Jameson. By the way, Aaron Rodgers tweeted out so whatever the hell that means with a bunch of with like two emojis, two laughing emojis. Wait, what? So Aaron Rodgers? S-U, Aaron Rodgers, like the Aaron Rodgers, tweeted out so s u l l l l l l l with two laughing faces. No idea what that says. Okay. I don't know what that means. I'm not sure. Nevertheless, I'm not sure what I'm not. I have no idea what he's doing. Um, Ayahuasca just hit. Man, that dude. Anyways, good luck, Jets fans. Um, oh, St. Patrick's Day is Thad's sister's birthday. Well, happy birthday to your sister, Thad. Um, on St. Patrick's Day. Whew, what a what a day to have your birthday. It's just an excuse to get drunk all day. What a day. <laughs> uh I miss I miss the days of March Madness when I could like take the day off. We'd go to so when I, I know my parents are watching too, so it's fine. But we'd go to call when I was in college. We'd go to my we'd go to like our eight thirty, our eight thirty to like ten thirty classes on Thursday, and then we'd get lunch 
bring it back to the place, and all of us would just sit in front of the TV and watch watch basketball all day long on on Thursday. And then mm-hmm. we do exactly the same thing on Friday. Go to the 8.30, 10.30 classes on Friday, all day long Friday night. And then exactly. all day Saturday, and then all day Sunday. Yes, <laughs> that's like... the way to do it. I, I remember when I went to high school, our high school got iPads. That was like the big thing. We oh, all had man. iPads. We were the first year that did it. And that one week in March, that Thursday, Friday, you'd look around in the class, and every other iPad would be somebody streaming yep. a basketball game. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah. Thankfully, probably, I never had big classes after lunch, so I could just. I'll probably put it on. I'll probably put it on, you know, on Thursday, yeah. Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon. What the hell? You know what I mean? So. Get some so, good games. That's true. Dark for Gold says I'm not much of a St. Patrick after all. That's that. Do you mean you're not wrong? You're not wrong. So I only hey, skip like the, one or two classes. You're, you're the Patrick. I'm the Saint. It, see? Look at that. <laughs> see? There you go. Love it. Fantastic. All right. Well. Anyways, that's it. Enjoy, uh, enjoy March Madness. If we don't talk to you, but maybe we'll talk to you tomorrow. You never know, right? A few people yeah, on here predicted predicted big big days for the Patriots tomorrow. So if there is a big day, we'll see you tomorrow night. If not, we'll see you Thursday. Take care, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over two million vehicles and fifty thousand more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.